0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us again here at the Taseless Podcast. This episode, I interview Wardy. Uh, he is a caster um, who does a ton of solo casting. I, I really appreciate his work. He was out here uh, in Korea for about a week to play in the GSL qualifiers. And um, he fortunately had enough time to stop by my apartment and we recorded this episode. It was really fun. Um, we talked about a lot of different stuff about what, what it's like to be a solo caster, the whole kind of business model of that. Uh, we also do talk about Reddit a little bit and, and the rules there. This was recorded, M- Melty. When was this recorded? Uh, this was recorded on Thursday, Thursday the eighteenth. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah the eighteenth. Um, no, I think it would, no, that would have been the twenty first. The twenty first. Anyways, the, the point is is that uh, when you guys are listening to this, I will probably not be in Korea, so this is re- recorded a while back. Um, but because uh, I have a, a, an event I am doing, that I can't announce yet. Um, but Anyways, um, we talked about uh, the reddit mods what's going on with that. Um, I talked about some of my experiences with that because Tasis is a bad boy on Reddit right now. did you see that melty? yeah, I did. I saw that we're getting a little bit of flack for posting our podcast. we're some, we're some bad dudes, man yeah. like, I don't even recycle guys like that's how bad I am um, so uh, it was interesting <laughs> though, to talk about that, and you guys get to hear some of my perspective on that. Um, we also I think my favorite part of this episode was talking about. Um, his trip to Turkmenistan, where he casted there. Um, and we'll unpack that more for you guys when the episode actually starts. Before we begin, if you can, please do support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash tastelesspodcast. Um, and I guess that's it. Without further ado, episode seven of the Tasteless Podcast with Wardy. Okay, this is where I say I can't do this for real. <laughs> I did that once in Control, actually. We were about to go live. And I just looked at my own. I can't do this. acted like I was gonna freak out and run off the stage. Um, All right, Wardy, welcome to my house. It's nice here. Is it nice?
1: Yeah, it's cool, right?
0: Yeah. What what, what was it? What you expected? The. uh, Uh, Yeah. Put the photos of all my ex-girlfriends with the eyes cut out and.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought you into some weird stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, baby doll heads on sticks and. No, uh, no, it's it's great to have you uh, down here. Now you were just at the uh, the GSL uh, yes, qualifiers. I was. And did you qualify for the GSL?
1: Shockingly, no. <laughs> I, I know, right? Everyone everyone thought was a big favorite going in, but sometimes you just call let the Koreans win as well, right? So,
0: what was it like when you got down there? I mean, were you excited? Were you nervous? Was it, uh, it was... was it weird?
1: It was pretty cool, right? Because I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen so many of the top Koreans together because they don't really play in that many offline events anymore, right? So I thought it was really cool to see everyone together where I'm very used to seeing all the non-Korean players like that. But yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the Korean players together like that, like in that sort of number. So it was pretty cool to see a lot of people and I wasn't really nervous because I didn't really think I actually had much chance. So yeah, it was just fun to see people and hang out. And yeah, it was just just fun. And
0: uh. Did you win any games?
1: No, I got a walkover, which I'm gonna take as a big win for myself. One win, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't didn't do much for it, but yeah.
0: And so, um, what was the game like that, that you played? I mean, did you feel like you got did you get it's owned actually,
1: or? it's actually insane. Like these guys are so good. Yeah. Like I've played against like better players before and stuff like that. When I play like tournaments in the UK or just if I decide to play something for fun, and like you know when you outmatch, but these guys are insane. Like there's just like little things that you just don't even think about and. They're, like, scouting constantly, and it's just, like, you just feel so much more under pressure than you've ever felt before. I've never felt like that playing a game of StarCraft. I felt like I actually had no chance at all. Yeah,
0: it, it's a crazy feeling when you're playing against somebody. Uh, and they're so good, whether it's StarCraft or another game, that it's, like, you don't even get to do yeah. anything. Yeah. Like, if you're in a fighting game and someone just starts to combo you, and you're like, why, well, that's just it. I'm yeah. watching my avatar. Can't the, do anything. Get the shit kicked out of it. Um I actually... uh a long time ago you had to get a pro gaming license for starcraft 1 yeah. and uh it was a tournament called courage and dannyy played in it and it was just weird playing in it man yeah like i obviously the fact that you're like the only white guy at the tournament and you know people like, who's who's this <laughs> you know and, and then uh, to make it worse there was a documentary crew this is for a documentary that never came out by the way but they filmed danny playing in courage and like i think even though i do broadcasting um there was something weird about having a camera in my face when I'm playing. Yeah. That gave me so much more anxiety. And I just like lost my shuttle with my reaver. And the camera's like right there in my face. And my face was so red. <laughs> and then they they filmed me walking out. And I looked at Dan. And I'm like, I lost. And like, Dan's like, oh, man. And then like, the camera's continuing to follow me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't want this documentary to ever come out. I got lucky. And it never yeah. did. But <laughs> it was really, really awkward. Um, So this is your first time in Seoul, right?
1: Yeah, my first time in Korea.
0: So what, what is Seoul like for you?
1: It's pretty interesting so far. I've been here, like, about a week now. I've uh, done a lot of sightseeing, some partying. It's uh, it's fun. I really like the city. I quite like cities, and I think Seoul's is a really good one. Like, it's really easy to get everywhere. Uh, and there's a lot of walking just because even, like, the subway stops are, like, really big sometimes. Like, sometimes it takes me, like, five minutes once I get in the subway to get to the subway, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, a good point. It can be pretty crazy at some places. So it's pretty big, but it's kind of what I expected. Um, but yeah, it's really fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting point you make about walking. The whole city is actually built so you can walk anywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, you could walk literally from. I live on you know the opposite side of the studio. I live on the west side of Seoul. Studio is on the east side of Seoul. You could literally just walk there by foot, and it yeah. would not be there'd be paths made for you basically. Yeah. Um, and you're from Newcastle originally, correct? Yeah. Is is that uh is that one of those cities where like you have to own a car?
1: Or yeah, there's like decent public transport, you can walk around, it's not like super big, right? So you can kind of get where you need to be pretty easy, I think. Um, I lived like a bit out the city, so having a car was nice just to get around places and definitely helped once I could drive. So,
0: yeah, a lot of people might not know this. I don't own a car, I haven't driven a car in 15 years, and I, I don't think I will ever own a car. I just feel uh, like you wouldn't need one in so right? no, you don't. It's actually, actually, um one of my buddies we're going to go hang out with him uh, after this uh broadcast is done but he bought a car um and was driving around and it was it was kind of it was like a status symbol thing yeah. you know and it was cool um that uh you know to get in his car and kind of cruise around the city but yeah i mean trying to find parking yeah is i a can nightmare. imagine it yeah it's it's just uh i don't know it's yeah it's it's not worth it but yeah i haven't I, I don't have a driver's license i haven't driven a car same with artosis um i didn't have a car in college so I've somehow managed to get this far in life for pretty much not driving, except for maybe uh, high school or or something like that. But, um, yeah, I was just curious about that because I wonder if the public transit uh, in your place would require you.
1: Mine, It's kind of okay in, like, my place just because I think the hardest part was, like, getting to the public transit in the first place. So, like, for example, when I went to school, it was really nice when I could drive, like, down to the subway because that was, like, a 30-minute walk. So... That's probably, like, the biggest difference, but then it's, like, again, it's so small, so it's pretty connected quite easily.
0: I know this is not normally stuff I ask uh, about in the podcast, but since you're here, I want to just bring it up. What is your take on Brexit right now?
1: (laughs) I think it's such a mess. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, a big politics sort of person, so it's – I'm not, like – I don't follow those sort of things, but obviously it's something that you can't help but follow right now as, like, a UK sort of person, so – I don't know. It feels like such a mess. No one in the UK knows what's going on. It feels like even a lot of the people who wanted to leave the EU now don't. Um, so it's a real mess. I don't know. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it's it's a fascinating yeah.
0: thing. Um, I've got a cousin who works in London, uh, yeah. and she was texting me uh, right before it was happening. She thought, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to be bad. I thought, no way. No way are they yeah. actually going to try to leave the EU. But yeah... Um, it's I mean, crazy cuz
1: we you just don't know what's going to happen, right? Like yeah. there's no way to predict what's going to happen because even the politicians don't know what's next. So like when we were kind of approaching our deadline to leave, every day was just like, oh, we failed to pass another thing and no one knows what that means because no one's ever done this before like we've Yeah. So I mean personally, for me, I think it's way better if we stay in the EU cuz I like okay. being able to travel to the EU easily and you know, in my line of work, it's very likely that I might have to work in the EU, right? So Just in general, if we're in the EU, that makes life a lot easier. And, you know, in the future, it might be a possibility I have to move in the EU. So for me, it's like a real, just, it's easier to be part of the EU, but I also just think it's better because I have so many friends who are from Europe and stuff like that who have come to the UK to live and work. And it just feels like it makes everything so much more complicated. And it feels like we're trying to forge our own path with no actual idea of what the future is with that. Yeah, it
0: seems like the world's in a really weird place because, like, someone like you or me, we are completely taking advantage of, of what globalism is. Yeah. Like the fact that I can do a, a StarCraft show in South Korea yeah. in English. Um and it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and, and it, it literally goes to everybody else in the world. I mean, there's a, obviously the South Korean broadcasters doing their thing and the Koreans watch that. But then for everybody else in the world, they can watch this thing. And so I look at globalism and I'm just like this is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can, I'm a guy from Kansas, who is living in Seoul now, doing a a video game show. Yeah, essentially. Um, but yeah, I guess it's it's on the other side of that uh, to see how some people are reacting in, in in industries that are not. I don't even mean this in a bad way, but not as innovative or not as new or yeah, uh, requires different stuff. But uh, I was really curious to get your take. Yeah, on that.
1: I guess so. I think it's a real mess, but. It's just so hard to know. Like, for example, my parents are, like, for Brexit. Oh, really? But okay. I feel like they're for Brexit for, like, all the wrong reasons, right? Like, they listen to, like, all the propaganda of, oh, this would be great, and they just, I don't know, like, they just, like, sort of, like, take, the ad- take advantage of the opportunity. And I think what's so crazy, though, is for them, a lot of, like, what comes into play will never really affect them as much as it affects me, right? So for them, like, I feel like after talking to them more, it's one of those things where they started to realize, Oh, maybe like, it's actually not such a bad thing for you. And that's like changed their minds a lot. So it's really crazy. Cause it is just such a divide. And, yeah. Also
0: the UK has had a really interesting history globally because I mean, there's a period where they controlled almost the entire yeah. world, you know, colonies in, in, uh, in India, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, going to the open wars with China, um, Obviously, the United States had to had fight the U.K. for independence, but it seems like there's been a, now like a long history after the U.K. had dominion over almost the entire world. They seem to want to get further and further and further retracted.
1: Yeah, it's like we just want to be an island that's, yeah. that floats off the west. You want to France. go back to being an island. It's,
0: it's 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 a very fascinating history with the country because it is
1: it's not what we used to be right
0: it's conti- but it's, yeah. it, it, it's the ambitions to continue to implode in, in a way um and i'm not saying it's bad or good it's just uh, a unique yeah. situation for a country
1: it's, it's just weird yeah. <laughs> I, I like there's no good way to describe it it's just really weird
0: so um speaking of traveling um you know for work it, obviously it's it's going to get more complicated for you i guess not that much more complicated but it's yeah. a little bit more of a headache um you started as a caster who was, and I've kind of been fascinated by this. You're like a one-man show. Yeah. Um, and it's totally different than what I do. I think a lot of times people see Dan and me, and there's not an appreciation for how many people it takes to put on, like, a GSL. Yeah. Um, you know, the dozens of people it takes to run around and get that thing going. Um, but you cast and and manage and produce all on your own.
1: Yeah. I... Uh... It's kind of like maybe a very selfish way of thinking, but I always thought from the start a lot of the things where I was like, "Oh, if I had someone to help me out, I always felt like they never pulled their weight and not in an awful way, just in like aI was all for this, right, but whenever I had someone else, they were just doing that for like a bit of fun so it's been very difficult for me to ever find someone who's also like all in on what i 'm doing, so I kind of adapted to working on my own because I did everything to my standards and I did everything the way I wanted it to be and not necessarily that I was a, maybe the best way to work, but I felt it was an easy way for me to work. And I again, like I adapted a lot of things to be able to work like that.
0: Do you feel like that's you in general or is this just with your job? Do you feel like you're ever like a, a control freak? or
1: no, I wouldn't say I'm like a control freak, but then I feel like for something I'm so passionate about, I want to make sure it gets done right. And so that's why I kind of have trouble handing things off to other people in the past. But that was, again, like... I'd say a lot of that is more like a long time ago, like when I first got started. And nowadays it's just the case of I don't necessarily need that as much slash in the position I'm at now, it's at the stage where you should kind of pay people for doing that sort of thing. But I'm also not in the position to pay people. So it's that kind of weird combination of I've kind of grown up in this industry learning to do things on my own. And I'm also not quite well-placed enough to be able to pay people if I wanted to. So I kind of just carry on the way it's been.
0: So is, to to start that out, what was the order of, of what you felt like you had to learn with that?
1: So, I mean, I mean, it all came very naturally in the sense that I started out like admin in some tournaments. So I was uh, helping to run some events for another organization when I was at university. And this was before I was like casting. I was just running like a community group. Um, and then I started casting some tournaments as well. And there was like other people who say, had a there was other people who like in that organization would admin while i casted right but then like you know you put those two things together so i know how to run a tournament and you had to cast a tournament and you sort of just get it to that point where it runs very seamlessly so that i could nowadays like if i run a online cup for example i don't even think about needing that happen because i know for a fact like the biggest headache is going to be at the very start and like 20 minutes in when you have that first wave of oh heck half the people didn't show up and everyone wants to walk over. Yeah. So now that I know that I just take like the first half hour of my broadcast very casually, you know, we just kind of have a chill time. We talk to chat a lot. You're still in a game, but you don't, you know, go super seriously on it. Right. And so it gives me that sort of period where, Oh guys, I just need a moment to like sort this out. And nowadays I have like a laptop set up to the side so I can talk to people without like not showing the game that's going on, for example. So it's kind of like in terms of what you learn first, it kind of just depends it's kind of weird right because it just sort of came naturally over time because i never set out to be a caster which is kind of very interesting as well i think like i never said oh i want to be a starcraft caster i just sort of did this thing because i really enjoyed doing it i kept doing it and then i got to that point where it's like well i actually kind of could maybe do this full time right so that's what i started to do so
0: so, if you weren't, th- that's really uh, interesting, by the way. I, I actually did not know that. I was not expecting you to say that. So, what what did you feel like your actual goal was?
1: I just had a community and I just wanted to do stuff for the community. And then, you know, one tournament that started out for like bronze to diamond league players became Master League players could play. And then it was like instead of being a one night cup, we did like a, you know, a three month cup, for example, a three month league. And it just kind of really enjoyed this method of tournament organizing and. You know, one day I got into a fight with some people. I had a team uh, side so a community, and we made, like, a team. And one day my team got in a fight with, the team, uh, like, this big team league that was in Europe. Uh, basically, the admins screwed us over. So we got in a bit of a fight, and I was like, God, you guys are idiots. I could do this way better. And that's when I made the SCT Improved Team League, which is, like, one of the big tournaments that really kind of brought me into StarCraft a little bit more. And it was kind of very interesting because, you know, then I learned how to run a team league and go from there. And it was one of those things where it just came out of nowhere. Right. And so I didn't make a team league cause I was like, you know what? I really think I want to run a team league. It was just something that made sense at the time. And that's kind of feels like everything I've done in Starcraft to just sort of made sense at the time to do something bigger or to go full time and so on.
0: That's, that's really interesting. I, you know, I actually had, did not exactly get into casting cause I wanted to be a caster either. Yeah. I wanted to meet other pro gamers um, because I was at StarCraft One Pro at the time, and I wanted to yeah you know, play all these Europeans or Koreans or uh, yeah. you know, various other people in Asia, and I just wanted to go to an event and 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 meet some of them and, yeah. and and talk about the game in person. And then as I was at um, I was in Singapore for my first like actual paid event. I mean, it was hardly any money, but there was something yeah. there. And I remember just looking around, thinking, "Oh, wait a minute! All <laughs> these people working at this convention hall. I mean, these are all being paid." Yeah. And maybe I can kind of get into this. And then, I mean, you know, from there after after time, of course, obviously, when I came to Korea, I wanted to get a show going. But, yeah, it's funny the path that you can take and kind of where that leads you.
1: Yeah. I mean, like nowadays that, you know, it became that crossing point at one point where I I became full time. And obviously at that stage, my goal was to be a caster, right, because I was full time. And it was working out. And so from there, my goal is to grow and to be able to keep doing this a little bit more. But that was never there in the first place. I feel like it's really crazy because I feel like getting into streaming is a really difficult thing to do nowadays. Yeah. And if I think back, I streamed for literally years while I was at university to like 10 viewers, like hours a day. And if I think about doing that now, I would be like, Ugh, please no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That sounds like awful. Like, I don't know how anyone has the passion to do that, but I just enjoyed it so much. Then I had the time then. And obviously it's just so different. And, it kind of like just means that I got past that stage. And I think that's what a lot of people have to do if you want to get into stream. Because a lot of people ask like, How do you get into casting or how do you get into esports? I think you just have to take the opportunities you can and like roll with it. And never set yourself that goal of I'm gonna do this because then you can get very disappointed. Because if I was trying to become a caster and after a year and a half I was still casting to ten people every day, like that is not fun, right? Yeah. That's uh there's no progress there. So it's kind of one of them things you just have to really enjoy first and go from that and I think that's the approach I really took
0: do do you struggle with fatigue in, in days where you're casting all day because i've I've tuned in to you and and you know and then I'll go I mean I leave my leave it on you know, one of these monitors that's over here yeah. um, and then I'll come back you know maybe I go to the grocery store I have to run some errands and then you're still there yeah. um, and I mean you're doing a, a type of I mean, essentially, you're an entertainer, right? I mean, that's what a yeah. caster is, is an entertainer. You're analyzing, but you're trying to make yeah. it enjoyable. But, I mean, you are—you have to be on by yourself, by the way, which I can appreciate because I've done solo casting. It's really hard to do. Um, you have to be on for an insanely long period of time. Is that difficult?
1: It can be. It depends what mood you're in, and I think it depends how the streams is going. Like, I think one of the best examples is, say I'm casting, like, a WCS as a community stream, right? It's like a 10-, 12-hour broadcast but you're not the mainstream. You're like the B stream. And it's so demotivating. Cause you're like, say you've got like four or 500 viewers, but you've got like one person in chat. Cause everyone's watching the mainstream. And then the, the rest of your viewers are just people who are there with you on the second screen. I feel like that can be super demotivating. Cause you're like, well, how many people are really listening to me right yeah. now? And then it can be very easy to fall into that mindset of, well, does it matter if I'm not super hyped up or super excited? And maybe I should just take it easy. Um, Whereas I think if, like, the stream is, like, buzzing and, like, everyone's, like, dropping subs, obviously, like, if people are dropping money, you love it, right? But that sort of thing helps a lot. Like, even if, like, say I have, like, a slow hour or so on the stream, but then, like, a couple of subs come in, which isn't, like, a ton of money. It's, like, you know, a few bucks. That can, like, completely change my perspective of how a day goes. Yeah. And it's, like, so crazy how that can... And I've tried so much to, like, zone that out in my mind because I know it's a really bad way to approach it because you can't control that. But then... Some days you do just wake up and you've got a cast and you're not in the mood for it, right? Like it's really difficult to bring that energy or like you didn't get a good night's sleep or I was cast until 11 p.m. Now I have to cast at 9 a.m. You know, I've literally done nothing between casts apart from trying to get sleep. So it can be very tiring. Um, So I just kind of take every day as it comes and sort of, if I have a long one, I just sort of try and grind it out. And I think as well, I got very good at conserving myself when I know I've got a long stream. So a lot of people will complain sometimes and say, man, you're so boring, you know, you don't have any difference in your voice or you're not getting excited. And I'm like, I'm casting like the first rounds of an online cup and I'm going to be casting on my yeah. own for like four or five hours straight. Like, I can't get excited about every time a worker dies because then my voice is going to give out, not, you know, never mind anything else, but it also takes so much more energy than just sort of getting by until the really important parts later on.
0: It also, I think people don't appreciate what shouting does to your body yeah. i don't think you know i sometimes when i do like a major uh a big term like in the finals and like i have mm-hmm. to scream the players names i will actually be shaking yeah and it's not like a uh like you know if i scream ty into the mic or something I, i'm not nervous in that moment yeah but the adrenaline and if if you go outside and just scream at the top of your lungs like yeah, you know, th- what, what that'll do to you. Um, and absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's there's a whole technique to trying to conserve energy yeah. uh, that I think just I, people just don't appreciate because they haven't uh, realized how much time it takes to yeah. do an eSports broadcast for, yeah. for almost any game.
1: You have to really think about it like so much more than people are aware of, like you say. I think one of the best examples is say, say I cast like a really good series. It's really ridiculous and close, and I get myself really hyped up some days if that's like the first series of the day or something because you know it's just a sick group and even the first match is really good I can feel like really drained for the second series already and I'm like man this is why you know I gotta chill out sometimes because if you go all out in the first series you know it can really just bring everything else down from that and it can be you know you can't just make energy up out of nowhere right and you know you're in the middle of a broadcast so you can't just run out and like you know grab five minutes or you can't just run and like grab something to like pump you up again right like some food or something or like a chocolate bar I don't know like whatever does it for you but it's it's really weird because like because you want to be excited because that's what everyone expects and it's so frustrating when people are like man you're so boring talk about like I just yelled for half an hour
0: right yeah and also it kind of depends on what's going on in the game I felt like there was a period early on in Starcraft casting where everybody was trying to overhype yeah. And it was almost I mean I'm talking like, you know, 7 years ago, okay? So I don't think this is an issue now, but it was like everybody was almost trying to polish this turd a little bit too much. Sometimes you yeah. have a game where it's just it's a very it's straightforward, right? it's a textbook yeah. game like we have that in GSL, so okay, this is a very straightforward loss. Yeah. I don't say, you know, cross-eyed into the camera, that was the greatest game I've ever seen, because <laughs> it wasn't. And He's... and it's it's like dishonest to the viewer and and I think there was a period where there was some kind of weird demand for overhype yeah and you know and it's gone away a little bit
1: the thing is as well sometimes it's like it's like you watch pvz for example and you get like the third stargate opening in a row and someone in the chat is going to be like man why aren't you talking about the game it's like because we literally just discussed this like five times in a row already nothing's changing it's the same and you can't come up with the same things again and again because as a caster like if i cast the same matchup like two or three times that day you're already, like, very worn out of saying the same thing. So it's more yeah. fun just to, like... Especially in my position, and that's kind of the position between, like, being a caster on a Twitch stream versus, like, casting in, like, a GSL or something, right? Like, I could cast, like, so many games in a day, so it becomes really important for me to not say the same things again and again for my own sanity and to enjoy it. And Again, because I have that out as well of being able to, like, talk to chat a little bit. But then it's also hard to find that balance, right? Because...
0: Well, also, there's the the weird reversal of that, right? Where let's say that you did say the same thing every time. Then you're going to get the... You're going to get the hate from You're so saying the same yeah. fucking thing every time, Wardy. Yeah, I've been tuning in for three hours, and you're yeah. just saying the same thing. Stop like, repeating you know yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can't win, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's tricky. Well, also, I guess, you know, now with the internet the way it is, you can get feedback that is so much more than you might actually need. Yeah. You know, it's almost like if I knew what everybody that was on the street thought about me, <laughs>
1: yeah. you, know I mean? just,
0: that, you know I mean? I don't need that. I mean, I shouldn't care to begin with. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like if I thought, Oh, the, this person, this yeah. person thinks you're ugly. <laughs> this person, you uh, know, uh, is, is suspicious of you. This person thinks you look nice. It's just, it's too much, yeah. you know? Um,
1: it's really amplified with Twitch chat as well. Right. Because I have to read chat because I'm a streamer. Yeah. I, like it's not like I'm sat at WCS and I don't have chat open. My that's jo- a good point. My job is to like read chat. My job is to see people who subscribe and support the stream and, you know, to be interactive with them because that's what makes my stream a bit different to someone who's just going all out, like talking about the game or whatever, right? And it helps you through those like slower moments. But then you've got people who'll be like, why are you talking to chat? And like, you know, the one time you miss something because you're t- looking at chat, for example, and everyone's like, oh, come on. So it's, uh, it's kind of like the tough parts of what I do, I guess. Yeah, it's.
0: That's a very good point with the chat too, because I I don't ever see Twitch chat. Yeah, I'm never there. I've, I've had people ask me this: Are, are you reading Twitch? No, there's no way yeah. like, I I couldn't for the kind of the work that I'm doing. Actually, you know what's interesting? By the way, did you know that the uh, Koreans casters read Africa TV chat? Really? Uh, I know they do it for ASL. I believe they do it for GSL as well. Yeah, but they'll interact with the chat.
1: That's interesting.
0: Uh, on that, But
1: that's just not a thing in like English broadcasting, to, like major yeah. events, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, And I don't know how exactly they do it. And just for the people listening, because I think some people might not be aware that Africa TV is also a streaming service. Yeah. Um, It's not just a, it's more than the production company that owns GSL, but they're a streaming service too. And they're basically only big in Korea. Um, But uh, I I don't know, culturally, I think the the chats behave a little bit more differently and people are more ready to kind of have fun with that. But they also have a lot more moderation uh, in that to keep it manageable. Yeah. But that, that is a, a different style. Um, and I don't know, even for Dan, we thought, because we thought, they offered it to us, we said, no, we don't want to have yeah. the It'd chat open. <laughs> yeah, and well, it's he- <laughs> just horrible racist stuff <laughs> yeah. and just being accosted over the internet in front of all these people. But I think even if you had it modded, I think the style that we've got now. It just works, right? I think it works, right? And, you know, it, I, I don't want to kind of throttle the show yeah. too much for because now we've got an audience. People kind of expect a certain thing. Now, you went from casting, I mean obviously you still you still do this kind of marathon solo, you're doing everything cast from home, but you you've had the opportunity now to travel to major international yeah uh, events. What what was the what was the first event you went to globally and then what was that like?
1: So my first global event was WSG America Finals in Brazil, and it was a bit of a shock because they kind of told me to do it on Sunday and I flew on Wednesday. So I went from like. Oh, that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a lot that's of stuff in esports that's it's very e-sports, last second. right. But that was my first like feel of like working in esports as well. Yeah. Um, it was a very relaxed like introduction to it because it was, while well, it was like a major event where they flew out, it wasn't like a super, I would say it wasn't like a super professional broadcast. WSG gets criticized quite a bit for its broadcasts. And that was definitely one of those days where. It was literally, like, you sit at the desk, your producer tells you to start talking, you talk, and then you stop. And they don't have, like, in- like any cool videos or anything. Like, it was just, like, cut to break screen. So it was, like, a very relaxed intro to it. And it was with uh, Rotterdam and Penguin. And those are guys who I've, like, known before and who I've talked to before. So it was, like, you know, it was a nice way to get into it. And I don't know. Like, I feel like that was a very nice way to transition through because I was very excited. But then I also didn't feel like super nervous about it because it's not like I just like it wasn't like it was like here you're doing WCS this is like make or break so
0: also I guess that was that going out to the audience the, your voice was it so like
1: no because it was in Brazil so they had like Brazilian casters. oh so there's Portuguese casters yeah. there okay
0: because um, this is something that I think people don't tend to think about if yeah. they don't cast but there's like three types of broadcast there's a the kind that you do from home yeah um, or or you know uh in, in in any kind of studio But you're, there's no there's no live audience That can hear you And then there's the kind um, That you have where it's like Okay your voice is going out You're at a live event There is an audience But they can't hear you Yeah You know there, And then there's a third one Where you actually talk And then you hear your voice Boom over Yeah And people an like auditorium. cheer or something Yeah And you would scream And then people can react And yeah. it's a very different experience I had
1: such a weird thing with that When I did my first WCS event In Leipzig Because We had some time to kill Or something and i wouldn't ever say i'm the person to like get the crowd super hyped up right but we're just killing some time and for some reason in my head i was like you know what it would be great if i was just like how's it going leipzig and so i did it and people actually cheered back and i was like a bit stunned because i wasn't like actually expecting people to cheer back right yeah like because if i'm like that i'm like how's it going chat in my twitch chat right i just see some people spamming like emotes like but then these guys actually cheered back i was like oh um a zombie group, like you talk now because I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that, though, no, it's a very odd experience, especially because
1: there's no way to practice it, right? Like,
0: I, I can't remember which podcast we talked about this, but I have had this theory that it's almost like stand up comedy. Yeah. Where you just need to go out there and bomb yeah. a bunch. Like, there's no way to get um, better. It, it, people have asked me, do I like practice casting at home? No, that would yeah. not do anything for me. Like, I need to be. In front of an audience, and I'm very fortunate because I got GSL, so I basically get yeah. constant practice uh, to do that. But yeah, it's not like I know they're. I know you know they're teaching esports. There's esports programs in schools now. Did you know about yeah. this? What are they teaching them?
1: I, I have no the idea. Fuck would you learn? <laughs> I, I, I
0: don't know. What's weird is I, I don't know anybody who's teaching there, and I feel like I know all the all the esports. People I know right? all the esports people, and I'm and I'm by the way, I'm not condemning yeah. esports programs in school but i don't like, i don't know
1: i really hope it's just like you do like a marketing class with like an esports angle on it right like that's what i hope it is because otherwise i'm like what do you actually like do you learn to be a pro player <laughs> like i think it's like to
0: get a job in, in the industry or or. or but th- what's weird about it is this is so new and it's actually not a very figured out thing especially yeah. the money making side of it that I'm i just wonder what they would be teaching them but yeah, I mean, to, to become a caster, I guess in theory you could have a school. I believe Riot Games actually had, if I understand this correctly, I believe they had the person who, uh, one of the people that was in charge of broadcasting for the Olympics or the person that would talk to, Melty, can fact check this for me. I don't, I don't want to just make shit up. Uh, but I believe Riot Games hired somebody who coached the, commentators for kind of you know the obscure sports in the olympics which there are a lot of kind of here's what you want to say here's kind of how you do it i believe they hired that person to to teach um those commentators i think
1: at least that sort of sounds like it makes sense right
0: yeah because then we're talking like curling like nobody knows (laughs) you know you have to be able to kind of articulate what's going on and
1: yeah no i it's, it's really interesting i can get behind something like that but then i feel like all these people who are doing like you pick up an esports. Can you imagine, like all these kids who are like, "Oh God, do a degree at university? Oh, I can do an esports degree," and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna learn how to game." But then I like, feel like it can't be anything like that.
0: Like, did you know that there's a? Well, they're they're called esports hogwans out here. A hogwan is like, like I guess in English would be like a, it's like a, a after school program. Yeah. Or or, or like a, a place where you can kind of go study the specific thing. But there's gaming schools out here now. For Kids that want to get that's really like, good at certain things, and I believe crazy. that's come becoming a thing in the states uh, yeah. as well. Which I here's your thing is like they teach chess, you I know, in, so, in, in right? school. I guess in theory, you could teach
1: it's just so hard for esports because you don't teach esports, right? You teach a game or like maybe like yeah. a genre at most.
0: Uh, it's it's tough. Well, I don't, you know, it's, it's weird. I feel like so. I played Starcraft competitively, but I picked up several games in my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, almost like you know, when you learn languages, the second language is the hardest. Yeah, the third language and the fourth language become incredibly uh, easier because you kind of have the the building blocks yeah. for that. So, like I did, um, with no background in card games. I got Legend and, and Hearthstone, um, and then I went to Street Fighter, and I I got I would say good at that. I mean, yeah. not not like Evo level or anything like that, but I I can play. Like I know mm-hmm. how to play. And I felt like each time I tried to pick up a, a new game, it got easier. And now I'm I'm, I'm actually, uh, me and Melty, our producer, we're learning chess together. Um, since my wrists are still kind of fucked up, I can't play yeah. anything mechanical right now. But And I feel like even that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I feel like I'm catching on to it more. So I guess in theory, if you had somebody who had enough experience in games with kind of game theory.
1: I guess so. It's so, It just seems like such a wide spectrum of everything, right? yeah. I just don't know where to pinpoint something that says, oh, you'd be good at teaching people how to play games.
0: Well, I guess in theory it would be someone who's an ex-pro. Yeah, and they know that, like, the down. process. So, yeah, so like um, Valdez, we just did a recording with him, um, I think two or three days ago. But he's like really good at a bunch of different games. Like yeah. kind of any game, even if it's a new game, if you get online and play with him, like he's, he's good. Like yeah. he clearly just knows uh, – when Moonglade was out here it was it was a similar situation where any game you queued up with him he he kind of knew it so I guess mm-hmm. but the thing is it's so new that i
1: i it I feel it almost like, just feels like a money grab in a way right you think so i don't I don't want to say that it is I just feel like because of my previous experience like with things in eSports that people try and like make something out of it that's not there yet oh that's the okay you know that's, what I that's mean? totally <laughs> thats right? totally a thing. So, will,
0: There's definitely a lot of weird money stuff going on in esports that is uh, very, very strange. Um, But I guess in theory you could have a school, but I don't think that's what these. I think there's a difference between these esports teams or esports tutoring, like pro gaming tutoring, and then I guess what they're teaching at universities. I really, at some point in time, need to get somebody in one of these programs on the show. Yeah, kind of ask them. Okay, what's going on there? I
1: I feel like it must be like say like you do like a marketing course, right? But it's like based around esports. So like instead of like learning the marketing of like England or something. I don't know what you learn in marketing, but like you do, like esports-based stuff.
0: UCI uh, Division of Continuing Education Esports Specialization. No, uh, Melty has just pulled this up on screen. Me, it says what you will learn: examine relationships in the esports communities, understand how their different roles affect each other, explore esports from behind the scenes, and learn what it means to be involved in esports. Learn the structures of what an esports organizations, of what and esports organizations. <laughs> might look like and build the groundwork for an understanding of esports of the esports industry. Uh understand the roles and influences that game developers have in the industry. So that basically that doesn't like, tell me anything yeah, at that's all. That's
1: like, hey, we're gonna tell you what esports is in like the first hour. And then I don't know what
0: <laughs> yeah. Scroll down. I, I don't want to read this guy's name, but this is the answer. I don't want to read his name on air because I'm not trying to trash on the guy, but okay so it's a program in Irvine.
1: I've never yeah. heard of the guy,
0: but I don't know. I mean, he, that doesn't mean that he's not somebody who's done something, but okay. So that's kind of what's, yeah. What's going on with, with, uh, weird, <laughs> weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is I don't think esports is going to go away. So eventually, you know, I
1: think it would make sense eventually, right? Like I guess in the way you have to play hit and miss at the start, right. And people yeah. have to try these kind of things before you can just be like, Oh, you know, this doesn't work or, you know, maybe we'll edit this and maybe it does work. And yeah, I yeah. don't know. But it feels like, I guess because esports is so new, you don't have those people who are like leaving esports to become teachers already, right? Whereas like a lot of like, you know, that's how kind of it works at like at universities and stuff. Like you have people who have like done research and studied a lot of things and then they become professors. And obviously maybe they're still doing research or something or however that works. But like I just don't think we're at that stage of esports yet. So it is meant to feel a bit weird, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I guess also... From where we came in gaming, this was such a non-existent yeah. thing that was kind of made out of nothing. So and that the idea of it being institutionalized at all is so crazy to me. But, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to stop for a quick break here. Um, and I want to thank two of our top Patreon supporters, Charlie Sheever and John Kornicki. Thank you guys so much for continuing to uh, to help us fund this podcast. It's really appreciated. Um How you doing, Melty? I'm good. Man. Now that you now that you see because we, we had to re-record this now you're actually mic'd up. One day if we get enough money, guys, I will buy a third microphone. Yeah. Um we just got to pay off the first two. We got to pay off the first, first. two. How much do those first two mics cost? Uh all in all we spent about $3,000 on equipment. I spent what? No, no, I knew that. Uh yeah. <laughs> Really uh, expensive mics, but I tell you, man, it does make a difference having good sound quality. And then, uh, is my apartment a little bit cooler in here? Uh, yeah, since it is. Since the G-Clef Uh Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> it is so much better. since the G-Clef, the G-clef almost died of a heat stroke. Yeah. Turns out my air conditioner in this building is 13 years old. Yeah, and you know, a 13-year-old AC will definitely... Yeah, it craps exactly. out on you, man. People were using PlayStation 2s back then. It's like a million years ago. Um, So, yeah, I, got, I, I, I think I'm going to get the more. unit replaced here. The Korean summers are brutal, man. It gets hot out here. Now, uh, we don't have any sponsors yet, but if we did have one, we would be talking about it right now. <laughs> Instead, we're talking about how <laughs> I, I'm going to get a new air conditioner. Um, anyways, guys, uh, if you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash tasteless podcast. And now back to the episode with Wardy. So, um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. I, we got get this tangent on the eSports schools. Uh, I want to talk to you about... Uh, the current situation with the StarCraft Reddit, since this <laughs> uh, yeah. is... I'm trying to be topical. Now, I, I don't know if it's going to change when we actually put this out because um, this recording is actually going to be, like, in the pipes, basically, because yeah. I got a, a family trip coming up here, and then I got a, uh, an event I don't believe I've been announced for yet that I'll be going to. Um, and so I won't be here in Korea, so I don't know if the StarCraft Reddit's going to change, but uh, what is the day today, Melty? Uh, today is the 20th, and this comes out. The 20th of June. June. The year 1990. 1990- <laughs> no, um, yeah, on the 20th of June. Okay, so, yeah, but I, there's been a lot of... um. I guess there was a change in moderation on the yeah. StarCraft Reddit.
1: So they added new mods, right? Yes. And then I don't know which of the mods... I don't know if it's the new mods that have been doing this, but, I mean, it doesn't matter about whether they've got new mods or not because this has been a thing for a long time where an overall Reddit rule is about self-promotion and right. how it's not allowed per se or you're meant to stick to like a rule of like you make one post about yourself and you've got to make nine other posts otherwise which i think has been laxed a little bit now but it's such a weird sort of thing because for the starcraft reddit we're such a small community and we are like a community right right so it feels like we sort of take these rules or the mods take these rules and they just sort of like hammer them down and so it's just like to the point where it hurts the community more than it helps the community right Yeah, it seems like it's an attempt
0: to try to regulate astroturfing. And (laughs) astroturfing is a thing that actually was a real problem uh, Mm -hmm. on Reddit. Astroturfing um, is basically where, let's say that we had a company with 50 people, okay? Uh, And our company is going to promote, uh, we're we're going to talk about our tournament. We're going to make a post on Reddit. And we're going to have every person in the company comment in the comment section. Yeah. And upvote it and essentially create the illusion that there is hype around this. Um, and it, it's in a weird way. It's like fake news. Yeah. Basically. Um, and there's been a lot of problems with manipulation on Reddit. I actually, I, a company that I won't name, um, but I knew was, was this was years and years, and years ago was, was trying to manipulate uh, Reddit um, in ways. And I, there was even the uh, what's his name? Chan man. He, he yeah, does. China. He does Yeah, he was caught. Um, this is a long time ago, but basically having several Reddit accounts that yeah. would upvote and I guess downvote other content. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and so essentially, you're manipulating the environment mm-hmm. um, and, and what people's perception are. Perceptions is. I mean, it's it's kind of a weird way to. It's like yeah. fake news. I mean, like we yeah. saw with what happened with you know the United States elections and what Russia was doing. I'm sure what the U.S. has done to other countries overseas, but. Um, but at the same time, I feel like uh, with some of the moderation on Reddit, some of this stuff doesn't make any fucking sense,
1: right? Like, it feels like they they should take it on a case by case basis, but instead they're just like, "Oh, we've got rules and we're gonna hammer down the rules." Yeah, like I don't. So, like, like take take this.
0: I'll just use this podcast as an example. Like, we have a, a an account, Tasteless Podcast, we're posting on there. Yeah, we were warned that you need to. This is self-promotion. Yeah, it's it's obviously <laughs> fucking self-promotion. It's the taste yeah. of it. We're being, trying to be completely transparent. Just one account. There's not, you know, I don't have my 10 yeah. Reddit accounts. I'm on there <laughs> and I've got passwords written down on notepads. We put it out there and then um, in in some cases it's people, well, again, let me just stay on this specific case. They were saying, well, you need to interact in other ways on, on the forum. Yeah. But, but I mean, it would be a fake interaction if we're like, okay, like we're going to pretend that yeah, you you know, don't... someone that works here is going to, Right,
1: yeah. on the form. It's not how it works, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like isn't it? And then it, when it, with the upvote downvote system, doesn't it just make more sense that people can choose so, if this yeah. is relevant or
1: not? It's so it's so silly because like I've been warned about self promotion in the past as well. So now I just don't post on our Starcraft.
0: But that's so weird because like, wh- why can't you post on our Starcraft? What you're doing is directly related to Starcraft, yeah. and why would it? It essentially what they almost want is for someone else to discover you. Yeah. And then post
1: about it. Post about it, which is just fucking weird. Well, it's just random, right? Like, yeah. how many people have come in my chat and they're like, "Man, why didn't you post this on Reddit? I would have found out about it soon. I was like, yeah. "Well, I'm not allowed." And it's
0: just like- Yeah, it's but it's like it doesn't make any sense though.
1: No. I mean, maybe
0: I'm not getting the argument. And here's the I, thing. I don't really post on forums, by the way, guys. Um, just recently we had Tastes podcast where I thought, "Okay, we have to have something that yeah. goes on there." But I don't have I don't even have like a secret Reddit account that I go on and like defend myself or some <laughs> shit. But um I, don't, I just don't understand the, the rules. I understand the intentions behind them.
1: I feel like they're good rules for, like, the overall, like, Reddit as a website, right? Like right. I, I feel like certain subreddits, maybe they're much bigger. You know, they're not, like, necessarily, like, ask, the, the thing is, it's just when you look at the StarCraft subreddit, it makes no sense that you can't post your podcast, right? Because you are a massive figure in StarCraft or in StarCraft. So why can't you tell people what you're doing? Because you are like a face of StarCraft,
0: which is it's a weird thing, or the same yeah. thing for you. Like you're doing something that's very, yeah, it, it's literally like directly related to the figures, right? So. Yeah, but it's like, um, or even the thing with the this is a low effort or low quality meme. Oh, the, <laughs> like yeah. I literally, that's my favorite thing is is dumb yeah. StarCraft memes.
1: I actually think since StarCraft went free to play, one of the best things about it was like on R StarCraft was like there was a lot more kind of fun posts rather than every yeah. single post just being like. This tournament's happening or that's going on. Like people started making like really fun content that made you laugh, and it was like it's good content for that sort of like for for a forum, right? Where it's like a quick picture or something that people can laugh at and like it yeah. gets upvoted and that's really good for the community because then if other people see that on overall Reddit, they come to the community more, right? And it's easy for them to digest and so on. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess.
0: Yeah, I just I, I found this interesting because StarCraft 2 is not the biggest game. or StarCraft in general It's not the biggest... It's not the newest game. We're very old. I mean, people that play StarCraft should be nothing but proud of how big the game is for how old it is. It's an unheard of thing. But the idea that we need to somehow police Reddit in that way, it just seems like that would drive content makers away. It just doesn't feel like our community needs that at all. Well, also, like, you know these memes that i kept, it might be low effort what is that even i mean if like, it's funny what? it's funny that's what the whole upvote downvote <laughs> yeah. system is supposed to be it's supposed to be democratic yeah for especially yeah um so i just found that i was curious to pick your brain on that because i just feel like that there clearly doesn't seem to be something that makes sense like let's say that n- never mind you and me someone wants to do something yeah and starcraft related what are they supposed to just put it into the black hole of youtube and, and, and wait for someone yeah. to find it like it's a rock in a desert, and then they get to show everybody. But it, it just it doesn't seem to doesn't make a make lot sense. of sense uh, at this point in time with this state of a game. And you know, gaming's very new, but StarCraft is about as old as you can get with active games between StarCraft one and two. Yeah, um, this should the subreddit should only be a ground for breeding more StarCraft content. And sharing more StarCraft content. It should not be anything. I think otherwise.
1: Yeah, it's it's really weird.
0: Yeah, I guess we're on the same page as this. I just I thought it was worth talking about because it's it's hard to put stuff out there.
1: It's just it's just so weird. Like I feel like one of the things that happens is like for example, based TV. They post something. And they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna delete this when it's done." Almost as though it's like you're afraid to promote the content. And you're trying to convince people it's okay to upvote this because it'll be gone when it's over. And it's like
0: well i just don't understand like yeah that's a great example what's what's wrong with them just saying this is happening
1: yeah now and if and if people see it later they can go check it out because there's vulture swings yeah
0: i mean you you have to assume that there's people that might stumble upon this uh post and say oh i forgot yeah they base trade did this thing let me go check that out or let me you know mark that on my weekend i'll go watch that and it just doesn't seem to be it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense no um
1: I could understand it for like, say, like Fortnite just became big, right? Yeah. And like, say you have like twenty people an hour trying to post their new video of how they build in Fortnite or something, something suddenly like that maybe becomes a problem. But I feel like for the StarCraft specifically, you don't have loads of new content creators trying to use it as like a step, like a stepping stone to like get big quick.
0: Yeah, like, because we were t- touching upon this earlier on, but you know, there's a lot of weird money. Grab stuff going on yeah. in, in esports because um, the projected numbers, as this continues to grow, it's going to just be ridiculous, ridiculously big. So I actually could appreciate a brand new game. Yeah. Um. A, a, you know. It's subreddits. You know. A. A group coming in and trying to, to take over and take advantage. Um, uh, of it, but at the same time, when you have uh, StarCraft Two, which is what is it like eight years old now? Yeah. You know if. You make a show, let's say it's a, let's take another game, Final Fantasy Tactics, okay? Old game, classic game. Let's say that you want to make some kind of content around Final Fantasy Tactics. You would post it on the Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, of course. Subreddit. Because it, the, the the odds of...
1: That's the, that's the audience. That's the,
0: that's the audience, right? Um, whereas with, yeah, with, with the StarCraft, I, I just don't understand how this would encourage any content creators to do. No, I really don't think it does. Or, or if you play by the rules, then it's this weird fake thing. Like, I have to go ask one of my friends to post yeah. it for me, or which is
1: against the rules. Like, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's what I would have to do, yeah. right? Or, you or know, just like really hope that someone's like, Hey, you know what would be good if I posted this to Reddit?
0: Yeah, or, yeah, rely on the inconsistency,
1: but then, like, they just I mean, shouldn't they assume that you're posting it to Reddit as well? Like, that's what a lot of people I talk to when I say yeah. this in my chat, I'm like, Oh, I don't post things on Reddit because I'm not meant to self promote, and then they're like, Well, I wouldn't post it on Reddit because. I just assume that's your job. Like, I'm a fan. It's not my job to go and tell other people yeah. necessarily, you know, on a rigid structure. And, you know, all of a sudden, if, say, the same person posts my stream every day, when does it become self-promotion because it's the same person posts yeah. my stream every day, right? Like, it's so vague, the rules, and it just so It
0: just seems a little bit weird. I, I don't know if I have an e- exact answer, but I just found that.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the solution is necessarily either. It's just, it just feels like sometimes the rules are like, Enforce more than they need to. Be.
0: Well, it's rules that are just not necessarily pragmatic. They're yeah. not. They're not serving. It, it, it's a rule that's detrimental. Yeah. You know, I, I get the idea there, but then if we're like, you know, we're all going to handcuff ourselves to this yeah. way of doing it, then there's a, now we have another problem. You Absolutely. know. Um. Yeah, man. How's this podcast going so far? By the way. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Is this your first time doing something like this?
1: I did like my own podcast for a little while. Oh, so did you? I didn't yeah. know that it wasn't very big or anything it was more like i did for fun so i talked to start out as a talk show i decided yeah. asking three people every week to come on was a bit too much effort so i knocked it down to like a one-on-one thing um was it done online yeah it, it lose if it it's way better doing it in person i actually think
0: yeah this is this is what we're trying to go for with this right now is kind of like it's easier to go face-to-face yeah. in conversations also i didn't I don't do I haven't done online casting really like I yeah. started out doing live stuff so I have a very hard time doing just shows online in general I'm not I can't track onto it and I feel like yeah. it's kind of more fun to sit here and hang out and, and kind of do this
1: it can feel so much more personal rather than like what I felt as well was like every week I got someone on and like there was a couple of different topics but then a lot of it becomes the overarching thing of like oh well how are you doing right because like yeah you know you it's just like someone else you're talking to online, and that's kind of what you do and it just felt way too easy to just become like so structured and like again because you're not there with each other it's like you don't know what they're looking you know what you know what they're saying or you don't have that like facial expression sort of addition right to kind yeah of like yeah have that back and forth almost
0: yeah it's 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 been fun to do this i I'm really enjoying this um yeah. we were talking about you going to events and doing all this live stuff and uh, I think one of the most interesting parts of your story as a caster is when you went to Turkmenistan
1: (laughs) yeah it was really crazy
0: so yeah I'm sorry please go ahead
1: I mean you get invited to do an event I mean for me that's pretty exciting because like I don't do like events every weekend right I you know get a few a year or something so you get invited to an event that you've not really heard of before it's like oh it's the Asian indoor martial arts game it's kind of like (laughs) but they're like it's actually like associated with the Olympics. And you're like, oh, cool. That sounds really sick. Right. Yeah. And then like, it's in Turkmenistan. And you're like, I don't know what that is. Yeah.
0: This is the funny thing too, is like, I'm sure it's the same for you in school, but like in our education system, there are blind spots in geography that they're just not. I had no touching upon. I mean, that's in the, in my head, I was called like the Stan region. There's what (laughs) is Uzbekistan, (laughs) uh, Turkmenistan. Is there Tajikistan? Yeah. There's uh, Melty's pulling this up. It's just we're next gonna, to the other
1: ones that end with Stan, right? And it's like... Yeah,
0: somehow... Uh, what's what's the deal with that? All those countries got together like, we're the Stan. <laughs> you know? I think it something to do with the Soviet Union. M- Melty says it has something to do with the Soviet Union. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's just small Kazakhstan. Yeah. Uzbek. You know there's a lot of Uzbekistan, uh people in Korea? Oh, really? There's a lot of Uzbeki Uzbekistan people yeah. out here. Um, in fact, I believe if they fix the if the North Korea-South Korea thing ever gets settled down, there's going to be a train that goes from Uzbekistan to South Korea. Oh, really? Yeah, they're going to try to get the trains all connected out there. So you were in uh, Turkmenistan, which is, for the people listening, wait, uh, Melty oh, right there. I'm sorry. It's just north of Iran Yeah. and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And um, Uzbekistan is just above it. Yeah. And Turkmenistan is actually uh, one of the most... Isolated countries in the world, an authoritarian government, no yeah. free press.
1: They give out five thousand visas a year.
0: Five thousand visas a year. Yeah, for everything. It's also oil rich. Yeah, so that just to make rich. it clear, so yeah. it's not um, it's not a uh, situation where like for, I, I, speaking of which, I went to Azerbaijan, mm-hmm. like uh, for an event. It, beautiful city, yeah. uh, Baku is an amazing place. I had no 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 nothing about I, Azerbaijan at all. Um and I was really impressed. What was Turkmenistan like for you?
1: Super weird. 'Cause like it went from this place that I'd never heard anything about. Yeah. To I Googled it and was like, I shouldn't go there.
0: It's like second worst in human rights, right? It's North yeah, Korea's it's number one. And, Korea, then,
1: and then it's Turkmenistan second. Yeah. Like I think a couple of the casters for other games turned it down because they were from America and their American traveling suggestions was like, do not go there at any cost. Yeah. Like and like the British one was like well, if you get a visa to go there, I guess it's okay for you to go there because who gets a visa to go to Turkmenistan? Yeah. So it's uh, it was really weird because... And you, but,
0: but just to be clear, you casted StarCraft two down there.
1: Yes. So it was, um, like I said, it's part of the Asian Indoor Martial Arts Games, which is like an Olympic certified event, which right. is one of the reasons I went because it was like we are there on behalf of the Olympic Games or the Olympic uh, Committee or however you call it. Right. So that made it like a bit of a, you know, <laughs> easier sleeping at night, right? But it was very weird. I mean, from the moment we landed, this is like this grand majestic airport. Our plane there was full on like Turkmenistan Airlines. Turns out they were all just going for a layover. We were the only three people out of a full plane to get off of Turkmenistan. Oh my god. <laughs> right? Oh that's so, so crazy. So we arrive in this like and this airport's decorated, and, like it's made of marble, it's got gold like decorations around it. Like it is absolutely magnificent. It's huge. There's like twenty like carousels of bags and obviously like me rapid and uh one of the half stone casters i think oh i can't remember who i traveled with but like there's like three of us on the plane like our free bags were obviously the only ones there because the only ones that got off the plane so it's like this massive like massive place like i can't even like describe how magnificent it was and we were like the only people there we get escorted right away to like the car to get in and like we're driving through the city it's really beautiful like everywhere's lit up nice we get taken to like the top of the hill that like overlooks the city to like the like this massive hotel and it was just like it was like wow this place is really stunning and everything but then even like when we check into the hotel like you realize something's off because they took our passports off us and it's like really yeah so it's like you don't leave unless we let you leave
0: oh, and that was so like crazy and that's that was so yeah, yeah
1: right and so that would be terrifying if we like again like because we were there on behalf of like the olympic committee or whatever it's like a bit more like okay well i can handle this but that's not something like I would have been okay with otherwise. Right. Like, yeah. And it was a bit weird because when we got to the hotel, like obviously it was the hotel where they put like all the, like uh, commentators of like other ga- of like the sports in for the, for the event. Yeah. So like, it was actually full of people like, you know, foreigners who'd been there for like weeks and weeks. And so they were quite happy, like getting drunk within like the vicinity of the hotel. But it was it like,
0: almost like you're in like a city inside of a city. kind yeah, of Yeah. It really like was. Cause like yeah. we got
1: out and some like Spanish guys are like, Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome. And it's like, but that was, like, such a different experience from anything else while we were there, right? And it was, like, I wouldn't have dared, like, had a drink and, like, walk down the street.
0: I think Rapid told me, because, uh, you know, he takes a lot of photos on his phone. Yeah. He, like, took a photo of some building that turned out to be a government building. Yeah. And they took his phone away yeah. from him. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And then they, it was, like, an hour or something, and then they gave the phone back and the picture was gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, like, whoa. I know. Like, that's, that's crazy. But, you know, the thing is, that's a part of the world. Yeah, I mean, there's if you look at the pop, what's a melting people the population of Turkmenistan? There's actually a lot of people living there. I mean, but yeah, I've never I met mean, anybody from there. I don't believe there's a lot so, of free travel, and it's just just um a country that just isn't talked about. I think because you know North Korea gets so much attention, and you know the really, nuclear weapons, and there's a war in Afghanistan yeah. adjacent to that, and there's been problems in Pakistan. But this is a uh, Turkmen's only 5.7 million people. I but there's
1: it's also like a lot of desert. So it's like
0: oh my god, it's actually way like, less than I thought.
1: But like, I think like the cities are very populated.
0: Look at Tajikistan's killing it with almost nine million. <laughs> They're crushing.
1: But so what's crazy though is we went to the capital city, right? And we didn't see a single, like, pedestrian. Like, yeah, we saw no one because they got told like while these games won, you don't go out in the streets. You don't drive your cars. You only get the bus to the games to make a crowd, and that's what you do. And that's like, oh my god! And it's like these are like the experiences we had there that you don't really think about until you get back. But like, for example, like the people in the crowd for the esports, they were sat there. There was literally like this is like beyond like this is like meme level of like discussion, but like actually happened. There's like someone that job was to hold up the sign to clap. Oh my god! Right? And the and the crowd claps, and we talk to them, and they're like, yeah. If I don't clap, they don't let me finish my degree here. Oh my god! Right? It's like really messed up and you like, I
0: really wish I could have gone to the stream and seen this. I just I'm so curious.
1: It's crazy, right? Like yeah. so it's almost like I didn't I don't even know if I saw Turkmenistan because I feel like it wasn't really Turkmenistan. It was like this is Turkmenistan for these games. Dude. And they like like they're rich as well. Like they built like an Olympic park for these games. This is the crazy thing as well. Like it's a real Olympic park. Like it's massive. They've got like a massive stadium. It's gotta have like the Olympic torch in as well. And, like, I think, like, one of the uh, things of Turkmenistan is, like, a horse. So, they're like, the Olympic torch was held in, like, a horse's head. And I'm talking, like, it's, ma- like, a massive stadium. And, like, the top, like, hot part of the oval is, like, a massive horse with, like, the flame in its head. And no one's in it. Like, this entire so Olympic city, it would take you, like, weird. four hours to walk around. Yeah. No one's there. Because no one's there. Like, you get told to go to this event and clap, and that's it.
0: The closest I've been to that region, like I was saying, earlier, was Azerbaijan. But the, Azerbaijan's a very a functional country. Yeah, I I, I don't. I, I was doing a little bit of reading before I went there. Um, I think there's some you know, a little bit less democratic there. Yeah. Um, but it I, I got there and I was it's again an oil rich country. Yeah, and it's one of these places if you're an American or a Brit, you just don't. It's not on the radar, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so I was just I was, it was such a nice city. It was so well. I just thought, holy shit, why is this not in the? Yeah. Why is everybody not talking about Baku? This is such a beautiful um, place, but uh, yeah, it's just one of these places where you don't, you don't know. I think Azerbaijan is the only place where Sunnis and Shias can worship yeah. in the same place, and there's not a lot of, uh, not as much violence there with that. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you're in this city that is like it's got all this magnificent architecture and, and all no this infrastructure, yeah. and no one's there.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely empty. Like we're doing like. You know, four lane highways, and the only I I actually didn't see another car apart from the shuttle bus we were on driving. Like we saw like car parks that had full of cars. Yeah, there was not a single car on the road because obviously, like really? for, for the games, they were just like, yeah, you don't drive. I like that's all we can assume anyways. Because why else would no one be driving when the we saw cars just not on the road? It's that's so so interesting. It's it's honestly I you could talk about it for hours because just trying to convince people how crazy it was because it really was like such a weird experience
0: actually um i don't know if you knew this but i almost went to north korea yeah yeah i i have a friend of mine um we were gonna go Uh, he'd actually been there once before and it's like a guided tour yeah it's not i wanted to go on the 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 weird guided tour yeah um and obviously i'm not gonna do anything stupid i'm not gonna Mm. you know steal a poster or I don't know. I'm just I just yeah. wanted to see that. I want to see okay what is, you know, I've been living in in South Korea for 11 years. I am adjacent to this country that is the most controversial country in the world. Um and I we had it booked. It, it's this crazy thing where you got to go into China, then yeah. from China you fly into North Korea and then you have a minder with you. And I thought this is going to just be so cool. I'm going to have this totally weird experience. Yeah. Um but the the trip was booked around the basically not even around the same time that Trump would move into office. <laughs> and I just thought, I don't know. If it's safe. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, I don't know what he might tweet. You know, nobody knew what he was going to be like before he got in office. And I thought, yeah, he might say the wrong thing. I mean, he did you know, now we know he did call him like Little Rocket Man, uh, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know what he might say. And I thought, okay, well, this might be just a little bit too dicey. Yeah. Um, so I canceled, but uh, actually the, the friend I was going to go, we're going to meet a- after uh, for drinks here. Um, but yeah what was September one melty's pulling this up on uh, on screen for us since September 1 of 2017 the United States uh, Department sorry the United States Department of State has prohibited the use of US passports for so this validation uh, for travel to North Korea yeah yeah that's right and that was since that guy died the auto um, I can't remember his full name hmm. an American died did you did you know about that this guy stole a poster a propaganda yeah, poster I think so. and then uh I know it was totally weird. He's like, there's videos of him like crying and and saying he messed up and he needs to be like go. And then he died of botulism, which is just like a weird thing yeah. people don't die from anymore. But I don't know what the conditions are like over there. Otto, how do I read that name? Melty w- Warmbier. Warm Wa- warm Warmbier. 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 Sorry, Otto. <laughs> uh, don't know how to say his name correctly. Mm-hmm. um But that's so cool that you had that experience. Going yeah. to Turkmenistan, I think that it's a weird thing in esports that I think is not... People that follow esports don't tend to realize this, that people in esports travel. Yeah, They're going to all sorts of crazy places and seeing the world. Even though you think of gaming as kind of a homebody, anti-social thing, yeah. working in esports is quite the opposite.
1: Yeah, you get to go all over the place. I've gone to travel everywhere, but... Like Turkmenistan is like one of those places where I will never go there again. I'm 99.9% sure, unless for some reason like some other tournament happens there. But it's not somewhere I'm ever gonna get a visa for, right? So it's like I'll never go there again, and probably never would have even knew it would exist if it wasn't for esports. Um, yeah, and I got such a unique experience of it too because I think again if you usually go there you have to have a guide, but because we were there on behalf of the Olympic Committee, it was like. You don't need a guide because they locked all the citizens away. Um so yeah, it was it was a really cool experience and I've gone to travel everywhere with esports now basically. Like I find it I would find it difficult to think of somewhere I haven't been, uh, for esports. I mean there's a few places in Europe and I mean there's places, right? But in terms of like general areas of the world, like I've been to America, I've been to South America, Asia obviously i live in europe i've been to you know stretches of europe i wouldn't maybe usually go to even like parts of like countries that like for example germany right Homer story cups in Krefeld. i would never go to Krefeld. yeah if like it wasn't for that um leipzig is another city in germany that we have wcs at some years i would never have gone there if it wasn't for esports as well so it's a real eye-opener in terms of traveling
0: yeah that's something i've always been blown away by um like i've Let's take, uh, you know, an ESL event you go work for, uh, ESL, it's people from all over the world yeah, that are down there. I mean, I've, I've had, I, I've worked in production companies where it's like you have a person from every continent. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, all, everybody's using you know, English, but you know, it's all the kind of different types of broken English. It's like the best of the best. Yeah. All coming together. And
1: that's so cool as well though, right? Yeah. Like- I've been to so many places now as well, where it's just like you know what, I'm gonna stay a few extra days with my friend who I met for esports. Right. So like I did that in San Francisco. Um, you know, it's just like it's after, amazing. Yeah, so. after BlizzCon one time, I flew up to San Francisco and stayed with, stayed with Fear Dragon for a few days. And it's like that's crazy because that saves me like the cost of a hotel for a week, and that means I can travel more than I would ever usually be able to because, you know, it, it's just opportunities I would never have. Because why would I know people there? So it's like coming out to Korea. Obviously, like South Korea is very you know based around esports, right? But even coming out here, I come out here because I know people here, so I travel out here on my own. Whereas, if it wasn't for that, I feel like I would have had to find someone I know to travel here with just to you know feel comfortable while I was here. So I think that's crazy because it really made me want to travel everywhere, and I feel like I can travel anywhere now as well because I almost feel like I know people everywhere. It is really really crazy in that regard.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I had the similar experience where. I was in Romania doing an event. It was one of my favorite events I did. I was doing like hosting instead of yeah. casting, which I did for a little bit. I didn't like it as much. I, I want to cast mm-hmm. more. But, um, and uh, I just, I asked some of the guys that were in the event, I said, I'm going to be here for an extra day. Can you, you know, recommend me what to do? He said, Oh, we'll have some of our buddies take you out. Yeah. These the guys brought me up for a great night. They were all wonderful people. And I got to experience Bucharest and it was just incredible. I thought I would never be in Romania yeah. or, you know, many of the other countries I've been to, but I thought, it just wasn't on the like a list of places I would think yeah. to go, and and I loved it, and I loved the food, and the people were great, and I thought, how cool is this? Yeah, it pushes you out know.
1: of your comfort zone, right? Like, yeah, I think even if you like an explorative person, Romania really isn't somewhere you like just like yeah, Romania, like unless you like literally throw a dot at the map, and right? Hits. Yeah, like it's just so it's just so out there,
0: and it's wonderful, and I, yeah. and I loved it, and and I've had this with so many places that I've gone to where I think. It just wouldn't have occurred to me, and not only that, but just to like see a stadium fill up. Uh, it was for a DreamHack. Was when I was there, but it, we're broadcasting in English. The audience is loving it. Everybody's having so yeah. much fun. I'm like, this is so cool.
1: Yeah, that's really sick.
0: You know, and, and to see all these people kind of come together. W- 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 if you could go to another country, um, that I guess would be feasible in these sports. Hmm. So you can't say like Antarctica. I can't say north Damn. I can't say North Korea where I cast the tournament that Kim jong- Un <laughs> wins every time I've got guys with fucking ak-47s pointed at my face I gotta talk about
1: maybe that. like Australia
0: Australia yeah I've been to Australia I, I cast have. there it is the, yeah the fans are so cool in yeah. Australia you can tell every yeah. time
1: there's an event there like in other esports and stuff because I guess we haven't had like a, a massive starcraft event in Australia for quite a long time yeah but um like when you watch like the other games, in Australia, like, the crowd there is- goes crazy. But that's one of those places where it's, like, I'd want to go, but then having a reason to go helps. Like, Melly just pulled up the time it takes to fly there. It takes 23 hours. Oh, no. Australia is a moon base, man. And that's, like, a one-stop flight. Yeah. So if you imagine you've got a layover, you're talking, like, a 30-hour travel.
0: 23 hours and 10 minutes to fly from
1: London And that's, London like, to direct. Australia. Jeez. A one-stop, yeah. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, like in my eyes I would never want to do that but then if I'm like going there to work it's completely different and it gives me a reason and I'd absolutely like if I got a chance to go there I would and I would totally like stay an extra week afterwards to like explore and stuff
0: you know there's a it's kind of a known secret with people that work in esports but the two best audiences in esports are uh, Australians and Polish audiences yeah and a lot of times the worst audiences have been German <laughs> Germans just don't tend to re- it, 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 I'm not beating it up on Germany but they just tend to not be as animated yeah. Yeah, in in esports sense. matches, I, I don't know what it is. It was pointed out to me by somebody uh, top tier in the industry, and I, after I started going between Poland and Germany doing events, I said, "Oh my God, you're right." For some yeah. reason, the, the the Germans seem to consume the event almost in a in a movie theater type of way. Yeah, they're quiet, it's they're focused. Cultures, isn't it? Yeah, and and for some reason, the polls tend to be more uh, like it's a sporting yeah imagine and australians are just awesome and kind I of mean, jovial i mean they're just crazy in the first place yeah yeah uh american audiences actually can be quite yeah quite good as well i'm not just saying that you know plugging my own country here but um but it, you know it's, it's kind of interesting to see which uh, audiences react yeah definitely and you know korea you know that's where the whole culture of coming in with a sign which now is basically ubiquitous in esports is, is, is a sign yeah. being there but that was a, a cool thing in korean culture so you see i'd say i want to go to Dubai. I keep not getting mm. to go to Dubai. Yeah. And I have not been to the Middle East yet. And I would love to do that. Or I, Israel as well. I think that yeah. would be a cool place to go.
1: I got to go to Dubai once. Not for esports, though. My uh, What's my, Dubai like? It's really, it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've, I've heard it feels like
0: Las Vegas in the sense that everything is.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, everything's uh, sort of like in the middle of a desert.
0: It's in the middle of a desert. Everything's kind of uh, magnificent. Not, magnificent and new and over the. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it really is. I got to go because my dad worked on uh, ships. So he had, like, really? a, he had a conference then. So I think it was just like my mum goes to Dubai a lot for holidays, for example. Um, so for one time, my dad was like, oh, well, you know, we've got a hotel. You may as well come out. So we did. It really was like just like everything is like super pretty. Everything is like really well built up. But it's so weird because like you can go like down to like the street market and you can buy anything for like a dollar. Really? Like, like for example, like you can buy like, you know, you can buy like food for the evening for a dollar and you know, you can eat like a king. Like you can eat so much. You can buy like a bag of like pastries. And it's like a dollar and it's like overflowing. Like they can't give you enough. And then like, why? You can get... Why is
0: that the case?
1: I have no idea. But it's so, <laughs> I, but it's so weird. Like because then you can like one of my, my mom's favorite thing to do is like to go down by the river and to um, like buy like a bag of pastries or something for dinner. And then, like, get on the little boat that goes across. And it's like, you know, health and safety doesn't exist on it. But, like, you pay, like, probably, like, 10 cents to get on this boat to go across the river. And, like, they row you across. And it's, like, just a really cool way to spend, like, literally $5 and, like, spend an entire evening. So it's, oh, like, fascinating, super extremes.
0: I actually, another place I love to go to in Casting is, first of all, I've never been to Latin America. I really want to go there. I just, yeah. I've been unlucky. I You know, no one's booked me there. Uh, I'd love to cast in Africa. Mm. I have a buddy of mine who's South African, and he actually invited me to go to um Cape Town you know, oh, yeah. and stay with him and his family, but I just couldn't. I didn't, you know, I had too much work to do. Yeah. I'd love to check it out. But I, yeah, I actually, this is going to sound really weird, but, you know, you were talking about how you hadn't been to Australia yet, and part of it was like, well, you should probably have a reason to go. Yeah. Because there's a chance there could be an esports event there, and, um, you know why go to visit Australia and then you might end up working yeah. there two years later. I had this with Japan. Yeah. When I I've been in Korea for eleven years, I didn't go to Japan because I just thought, well, obviously, <laughs> gonna obviously there's going to be an esports event that's going to hire me to go to Japan, and so I just kept waiting, and I would get flown to work in China, and then I get flown to work in Taiwan, I get flown to work in Hong Kong. And, I could, and then, you know, in the meanwhile, I visited Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand and Indonesia. Um, I, I've been all over Asia. I just never ended up in Japan because I just thought, okay, well, it's such yeah. a short flight, and I'm going to be there for it, and it hasn't happened yet. And I just went for my first time uh, last year for Christmas hmm. and finally checked it out. It was like the Let's last deal. Asian country. It's great. I, I love Japan. I prefer Korea. Japan is... Uh, People don't realize, I think, if they haven't been to both countries, that they assume that Korea and Japan are. I've when I talk to like Americans, for instance, they assume they're like the same country yeah. or like pretty similar. It's sure. just in like how they feel, kind of like an America Canada thing. Yeah. They're very similar to each other, but uh, after living in Korea for a long time, Japan is very different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Even if the two countries are so similar to each other compared to everything else, um, it just operates in a different way. Japan's awesome. Yeah. I love Japan. Uh, uh, I think a little bit more insular than Korea. Yeah. Um, but it's got its own thing, and it's it's safe, and it's beautiful. and uh, They're trying to get eSports going out there, but there's been some kind of weird complications where I believe, I don't know if the laws have changed recently, but e- eSports was viewed as the same thing as gambling. Right. Winning money playing games, and there's all these yeah. weird laws with uh, that, and where Korea was much more loose about that. Um, but, yeah, uh, hopefully someday I'll cast something in Japan. That'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be a uh, cool to place do. to visit. Yeah. So what are you going to do with the rest of your time here in in Seoul?
1: Um, So I'm here for another three or four days. So I'm doing GSL qualifiers again tomorrow just to see people and hang out and that kind of stuff. And then GSL finals the day after. So obviously kind of one of the big reasons I came was for GSL. So I kind of feel like I've done a lot of my sightseeing and that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of finally at the StarCraft part. So a lot of StarCraft in the next couple of days and then maybe just a couple of a little areas i want to check out uh no one in particular i'm just gonna see where the days take me
0: sick well this was a lot of fun doing this podcast thank yeah, you so awesome. much wordy um and i guess that does it that's a wrap thanks for listening to this episode of the tasteless podcast guys it's really uh, it's really appreciated um i know we're starting small but i have no intentions of stopping uh and you know doing Uh, anything else with my life
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're just gonna be (laughs) full-time
0: yeah yeah i don't don't know why that came out so weird guys thanks so much for uh for joining us uh as usual we'll be back in two weeks with another episode guest uh has not been announced yet uh if you can please support us on patreon that's patreon.com forward slash stasis podcast this episode was produced by melty artwork by Alarice, music by mark lens i'm one of those people you're one of those people yeah um (laughs) Bye-bye. I'll see you guys in two weeks.